0: Hate it, could you worship at A risen loan Hear what they might say, I you look you.
1: Hi there, and welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, who returns us to the book of Judges. Today, after a brief time out, we are back looking at the Judges, Gideon specifically, the judge, think it through, in chapter 6, verses 11 through 24. As we begin our time together today, we'll do so looking at the similarities between Gideon and Jesus, the man by whom God will answer, answer against evil. Join us for an encouraging look at Gideon here in Judges 6 with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Once again, here's Jesse.
2: The title of our message is really the overarching theme. Think it through. Think it through. I was told some 40, 44 years ago that the most dangerous person on the planet There's a man or a woman that thinks right. That's true. You note that they kill people that think right. Historically, they've killed Christians because Christians were bold enough to think right and think it through. We're living in an age where people don't only not think right. They don't think at all. So if you can bear with me for a little while, you'll meet a man as we will travel with him. God is causing to think right and well, and the lessons should be beneficial to us. Do you know the blessings of trials? And that might be paradoxical. How is a trial a blessing? Is that they put it in to the carnal distractions of your life. The blessings of trials is that they disrupt the carnal distractions of your life. That's what a trial will do. It'll shatter the distraction like you don't get distracted. Like carnality doesn't lead you down a path of mental, emotional, and psychological and practical fantasy. But what will stop that trajectory of falsehood and fantasy is a good old trial from God. A trial will disrupt your intentional or non-intentional carnal distractions, which life does is not life distracting. Of course it is. This is the frustrating part about life. It has the tendency every day to take you off your course. To call you to other things. And you're inclined to do them. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the life of a sinner. Distraction. And a trial disrupts that for a moment to begin to course correct you. So you're giving praise for the trials. Uh, The trial also helps you overcome the distortion of false promises, the distortion of false promises, okay? On the one hand, we struggle with dis- distraction. I think I could bear that up if I needed to Let's stay on this point for the whole hour. I'm going to trust you got that. I'm going to trust that you're honest enough with yourself to know that the difficult thing that you have in your daily life in terms of integrity and consistency is that you're distracted. But on top of distraction is distortion. Now, if you've been with me for 20-something years, you know I taught you this as a first operating principle on the part of the devil when he tempted Adam and Eve. Remember, distraction and distortion and delusion and deception. And finally, what? Destruction. So you and I are constantly dealing with that. And God enters into your life. He breaks in and he goes, hey, you're distracted. He breaks in, he lets you know, hey, you're creating fantasies. You're out there in la-la land creating fantasies. We all do. If there is not some kind of overwhelming and compelling vision that actually brings you into submission to something grander than your own mind, you're sitting around fantasizing. And God has to disrupt that. We fabricate in our own mind. And, uh, and we fabricate things that we tell ourselves are good for us. And we really want God's approval of them when we really know that God does not approve of them. They're just fantasies for which the world in which you and I are living in has trapped us. We're living in a fantasy world. It's a trap. We use all kinds of terms. I'm not going to go down that. You guys know matrixes and prisms and and, uh, what we've talked about uh, recently here, the idea of predictable presentations, the capacity to manipulate you and coerce you simply because you are largely a passive thinker instead of an active one. You are largely a non-critical thinker Instead of a critical thinker. And every time we are not critically thinking, we're led by somebody else. So what God does for all of his children is over a period of time, allow us to go down that path. And then he hunts us down and he disrupts that. And he he shatters that event. He shatters that delusion by a trial. By a struggle in your life. And again, this is why we agree with the psalmist when he says, In faithfulness, O Lord, you have afflicted me so that I might not continue going astray. What else? What's going on with my brother here? You may not want to join him, but I do. I join you, Gideon, in God's good mercy to begin to wake you up to the fact that something is wrong at home. Something is wrong in our city. Something is wrong in our camp. Something is missing. Something is amiss in our community. Something is wrong in our tribe. I don't get to believe that this present normalcy is really normal. Something about me tells me we are in trouble. Thank you, Lord, for stirring me up. And what I said to you two weeks ago is this message is really for the young people. If you old people can get it fine, I'm I'm I'm, going to give you some credit that you might get it. But this is for young people, because I know that they will be the grounds upon which this world gets back on a right course. And God uses young people and Gideon is a young man. So you can apply this to a man or a woman. Don't get trapped in a gender thing here. I'll, I'll be talking about that in a moment. Uh, the application of the word of God is to all of us, male or female. You know that in Christ Jesus, we are not. And so the application is to you. But, but as we learned from Tyler last week, we learned that God only corrects his own. Now, you can anchor that with all kind of Bible verses. The rod of the Lord is not upon the house of the wicked, but upon the house of the righteous because he owns us with a covenant. He is our shepherd. We are his sheep and we are under the rod of his covenant. And he will bop us upside our head while he allows everybody else to just go on and act a fool. Now we can get all upset about it like we're goats, but once you are born again, you're a sheep. You may not like it, but it's designed to hedge you in and keep you from going over the cliff into the folly of your own suicidal agenda. That's how God works with us to keep us from extremes that could hinder our life. And Gideon is in that place right now. We picked up last time, if you recall, and I share it with you, that Gideon, uh, Gideon is in a peculiar place that we're going to learn the gospel about here in a moment because you, you, uh, you may not see it here, but it'll happen. There will be practical or circumstantial things in the which you are in and in your maybe naivete, naivete or ignorance, you don't realize that God put you in that situation to teach you some kind of redemptive truth. You're in a practical situation and for all intents and purposes, it doesn't mean a lot on a horizontal level, but God has you there for a redemptive reality. You may be actually be doing something that's glorifying God in your practical application of it, but you don't even know it. You and I getting ready to go right back to verse 11 where Gideon is hiding in a wine press and we're going to understand the gospel there. But the reason why Gideon is hiding in the wine press is because of the mess going on in his life. See what I mean by how God can take your trials and use them to bring you to a place where he can show you his glory. This is what's going on with our young brother and our young brother is doing something that is extremely commendable for which I am crying out to God to make every young person understand their inheritance. The fundamental blessing you have as a young person is to be able to think your way through this crazy life that you are in for you must you must think your way through you must We remember Christ has come to Gideon as the angel of the Lord. Did he not? Verse 11, didn't we learn that? I taught you that Jesus is already in the promised land. Is he not? Is he not the angel of the Lord, according to uh, Exodus 23, that is already gone before the people of God? Is he not the captain of the Lord's host in the promised land already? Is he there? And that application works for you and me too. God goes before us. Christ is our forerunner, is he not? When, when you do know that, when you understand these redemptive realities, you can know this. Even as your course towards glory is filled with all kinds of crooked paths and ups and downs and weird and bizarre and obtuse kind of misdirectional courses, Jesus already been down that path and he ordains you to go down that path to show you his glory and to equip you to serve him. Does that make some sense? I'm going to help you get it, young people. It doesn't matter where you are. Understand Jesus went there before you did. And I'm, I'm talking to the young people today. Lord, I'm in a dark place. Jesus has been there. Lord, I'm in a confusing place. Jesus been there. Lord, I'm seeing some things I never saw before. Jesus been there. Lord, I'm not quite sure where I am is where I'm supposed to be. Jesus has been there. He was touched with the feelings of our infirmity in all ways except sin. Jesus has been there. In fact, you're only there because he's ordained you to be there. So your job is to get the lesson before you move on. That's what Gideon is doing. That's what Gideon is doing. Bless God for a young brother that has chosen to think his way through. Now, what Gideon was also blessed by was not only the presence of the angel of the Lord, which came to call him and to conform him and to conquer God's foes through him. That's the beauty of the angel of the Lord coming. But you guys remember before the angel of the Lord came, what came? A prophet. And the prophet came and gave them the history, laid down the law, and told everybody the reason you're in the measure in is because you violated Torah, you violated covenant. Am I making some sense? So we got the law before we got the gospel, because the gospel is represented by the angel of the Lord coming and saying to Gideon, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor, here it is, the Lord is with you. Did not teach you two weeks ago? That all the angel of the Lord did was take up Gideon's conversation, his own internal struggle, his own internal dialogue. Because what was Gideon doing? He was working through the promises of God over against the reality of his circumstance. And he was being honest about the fact that his circumstances does not look like God is with them. I told you, you can't be the thinking person especially if that thinking person remains honest about what they're going through. I've been saying it for many, many years. People don't like it, but I like it. So that's all that matters. (laughs) An honest person is not going to hell. Okay, that might be a very thin veneer for which you can slip all over the place. But God desires truth from the inward part. And when a man or woman is true with God, he'll show them Jesus, who is the epitome of truth. And that's how you get saved. You keep it real with God. Honest people not going to hell. It's only dishonest people. Some of the most dishonest people on the planet are church folk. And so Gideon is trying to keep it real with God. He's saying, God, look, I don't know if you're with us. And certainly I don't know if you're with me. Because the way it's looking is really, really bad. Read your Bible for all it's worth. God had already told them, when I bring you into the land, I will bless you. I will prosper you. I will protect you. I will guard you. I will fight your battles for you. You will be the head, not the tail. I will cause you to prosper. Gideon is saying, where's all that at? I don't see it right now. That's a great question that young people need to be asking today. They need to be asking that today. And mom and daddy need to be ready to be honest about why it is not so. Why is it not so mama? Why is it not so mama and daddy? Why are we in this mess? I'm sure Gideon had this conversation with his father because we're getting, we're getting, ready to learn something about the doctrine of separation. That's going to be our second point. Whenever God is drawing you to himself, he's separating you from something else. You're never going to have the fullness of who you are in God and the fullness of who God is in Christ until you're willing to be separated. The reason why the Christian does not see the fullness of the glory of God in Christ is because they want Christ and this world too. You cannot have God unless you're ready to abandon everything else. You cannot serve two masters. Either you're going to hold to the one or you're going to just despise the other. Are you going to cleave to the one and abandon the other? You cannot serve two masters. So when God in his prerogative to call you to himself starts messing with your life. He starts tearing things up and he starts destroying those images that you have erected and those false fantasies that you have projected, hoping to have an outcome that is more about your interests rather than God's interests. And when God has ordained that you would take the path that he's called you to, he's going to put you on that path by removing everything that would impede or hinder you. The path of the just is a lonely path, but they're not alone. And so Gideon is about to show you and me several things as your outline would lay them out. Let me briefly work through this idea for us about the doctrine of separation and is symbolically represented in verse 11, the spiritual process. This is verse 11, part three, the spiritual process of threshing out the wheat. Judges 6, 11, part C. Now Gideon was threshing wheat by the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. You see that? That is your optic. That's your vision. That's your catechism. That's your lesson. You guys with me? Getting ready to walk that through. What I told you a few minutes ago was this. God will in his providence put you in situations where you find yourself doing something on a practical level that you don't even recognize has a deep, rich, redemptive, reconciling uh, connotation to it. It has a higher spiritual value. You're just working out of desperation and God is working out his will in your life. See, Gideon is in there on a psychological and a sociological and a domestic level. He's just trying to make some do for his family. He's just trying to pay the bills. That's all he's trying to do. But God is doing something else with Gideon down in that hole. And you and I want to learn it because he's teaching you and me something about thinking it through. And learning how to separate. The wheat. From the chaff. And that's a process that must be repeated over and over and over again. And over again, until you learn how to discern between good and evil. That's where our brother Gideon is. So let's run up on that by looking at our first point that we dealt with last time. The man by whom God will do what? Now, God always answers the predicaments of our world by his people. He just does. Ultimately, the person that he answers the predicaments by is who? Christ the one man that God told Gideon he would be. You will destroy my enemies as one man. Who is that one man? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. All of it was put on his shoulders. He came and accomplished our redemption, did he not? And he's bringing us to himself even as I speak. That is the ultimate one man. But is God amazing in that he would? Uh, He would preview and foreshadow this kind of redemptive glory in Christ in us and in a person like Gideon. Gideon becomes for us a really good hope that God, if he could use Gideon, he could use me. Some of y'all heard me talk about it on Friday night. I am a truth loving liar. Isn't that good? I am a truth loving liar. So it's Gideon. Follow him all the way through. He didn't tell the whole truth, but he told a lot of truth, didn't he? That's the best you're going to get out of a Christian. I'm sorry. And God loves to use truth-loving liars. All right, some of that hurt you because of your self-righteousness. Get over it. <laughs> Point number one in our outline, the man by whom God will answer. I talked to you about Gideon's submissive spirit. He was submitting in the midst of his difficulty. He was submitting in the midst of severe providences. And a lot of times we don't, but we should. Shouldn't we, saints? How are you going to overcome a difficulty that's bigger than yourself other than submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will what? Flee from you. Submission is a telltale mark that you're born again. Does that follow? Not going to stay on it long. I'm not going to stay on it long. My sheep do what? Submission is a telltale sign that you're a true child of God. At the end of the day, all lessons for the people of God on this side of glorious is submit to the Lord. You figure that out. If you want to get an A in the class, once you enter into the class of a struggle, here really is the lesson. Submit to God. And Gideon is doing that. I'm helping you understand when we come along into Gideon's scenario, God is bringing us into that place where Gideon is now submitting to the providence and now trying to work with it to figure out what to do. Sub so point B struggling, however, with the God of his what he is struggling with the God of his fathers. My children are struggling with the God of their father. Your children are struggling with the God of their parents. They're struggling and don't think they aren't. You and I have not laid the path out so clear for them that the lights are on so t- thoroughly and so boldly and so brightly that they can see the error over against the truth and make right choices every day of their life. No, we have littered the path of their journey with a lot of our own foolishness, rebellion, disobedience, and they got to struggle to get around all that stuff and try to make sure they're not going backwards, trying to get around your stuff. I'm telling the truth. And you're getting ready to learn it here in a moment. So he's struggling with the God of his fathers, but he's still settled with God's discipline. Is he not? He settled with it. This is why not only did he hear the prophet, but he's now listening to the angel of the Lord. See, we know Gideon is in the right place because God in his order salutes his salvation of his people. And there's a sense in which God has to save us every day. He'll bring the word and then he'll bring the spirit. He'll bring the testimony of the law and then he'll bring the gospel as your only hope out. Listen, Gideon is in great shape right now. Why? The Lord is present with him in the angel of Yahweh. And the angel of Yahweh has entertained Gideon all the way through Gideon's hospitality, has he not? Right, Gideon had an inkling that this brother looked a little bit different than the average cat walking down the street. But he wasn't quite sure. But he knew as a good uh, Hebrew believer that anytime you entertain strangers, you might be entertaining angels unaware. So he did what Abraham did, and he also did what Manoah and his wife did when this same angel of the Lord came to them. Y'all know y'all Bibles, right? This teaches you a lesson about sometimes when God's seeking to correct you through the Lord Jesus, he will use somebody in your life that you may not even know or may not even like. But it doesn't matter that you don't know them nor like them. If they're God's servant, they've got a word for you. And the best thing for you to do is listen to it. So Gideon is told by the Lord Jesus himself, who is the angel of Yahweh, that your thoughts about God being with you, not being with you because of your disobedience, Gideon, is just not quite true. God is there with you. It's just that God is not for you.
1: Well, you have been listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. If you have questions or comments about the program, maybe you would like to learn more about us here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Reach out to us by simply calling 510-886-9782, or you can visit our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Sunday services here at the church are 10 30 in the morning Friday evening is our Friday evening Bible study at 6 30 and man we've got friends of the ministry from all over the Bay Area who join us for this Friday night Bible study it is an amazing time of God's word and sweet fellowship in Christ Six thirty in the evening, Tuesdays, our prayer time and a short Bible study as well. These meetings, again, the directions and information of which you can find at our website, grace Bible dot com, or by calling five ten eight eight six ninety seven eighty two. This program continues to air here on this radio station and on the World Wide Web because you partner with us financially and prayerfully. Thank you for your support. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. And you can either give on a monthly basis or it's a one-time gift. It is all tax deductible. And again, the biggest part of your partnership with us is that we get to continue ministering the gospel of grace here in the Bay Area and all over the world. Consider that as you contact us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. I don't
2: care what they might say, we love
0: Jesus anyway. I don't care what they might say, we love Jesus anyway.